0: Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Liberty Bigly podcast. I'm your host, as always, Patrick McFarlane. And my lovely wife, Elise, will not be joining me this evening, although she is laying next to me in bed. And we'll see if we can tempt her into making an appearance in this episode. But until that happens, we I want to preface this episode by saying that the Liberty Bigly podcast is not supposed to be a podcast purely about libertarianism. Neither is it supposed to be a movie review podcast. However, we find ourselves reviewing many films and usually talking about libertarianism. Although, did we talk about liberty in the last episode with you? See, now... Elise is going to make a very conscious effort to frown at me, not maliciously, but to not speak and to use her hands and facial expressions to gesticulate and convey messages. See, she almost spoke. Okay. Um, I'm going to be talking about Meet the Parents, and I... Every time I'm going to talk about a movie on this podcast, I do a search on Actual Anarchy to see if they've already reviewed a movie. But, um, oh, and I wanted to mention, too, before I got into this, our last episode had the most plays out of any episode that I've done on this podcast so far, and that was 32, which is bitching, so thank you all for listening. Um... But one of the themes that I'm trying to convey in this book project that I'm working on is the thought process or the journey that one goes through when they convert to ANCAP or voluntarism and how it's kind of a journey and a mindfuck and also like taking the red pill, that's an overused analogy, but it is like waking up from the Matrix. And part of that is realizing how everyone around you is still asleep. And I know that that sounds culty, and I've been very aware of how culty saying something like that sounds. So these are all, like, I just laid out three or four themes that I'm hitting up in the book, is, you know, the mindfuck, how your perspective changes, realizing that everyone around you is asleep, and also being self-conscious of the fact that sometimes you sound like a cult member or sound like a religious maniac or something like that. So those are things that I'm trying to tackle and that I'm contemplating and thinking about. But no more was this facilitated, um, all these thoughts facilitated, in my viewing of meet the parents and we just watched this movie partly last night and partly tonight and it had honestly been quite a while since i've seen meet the parents so for you not familiar with the film it's a pretty very it's a very popular film maybe one of ben stiller's most famous films not Robert De Niro's most famous film, but Ben Stiller's most famous film. Maybe besides, like, Something About Mary. Or can you think of another film that has Ben Stiller in it? That's... I would say the model, the model one before Something About Mary. Zoolander? Yeah. I, I would think that would be more popular. Yeah, maybe Zoolander is ben, one of Ben Stiller's most popular movies. But I remember... This is one of my dad's favorite movies, which might say like he just loves Robert De Niro, but it might say more about my dad as a person. <laughs> um the whole premise of the film is that Ben Stiller is like this New York Jew. No, he's a he's a Detroit Jew, but he's living in New York with or Chicago. Is it no it's Chicago. He's from Detroit, living in Chicago with this, and he's a male nurse, and he's dating this elementary school teacher, and the whole movie is that they've been dating for 10 months, and it's the first time he goes home to meet her parents, hence the title. Well, it turns out that this love, you know, his girlfriend's, Father is an ex CIA agent who just retired from the CIA after 32 years. And from the film, you kind of piece together that he was an ex CIA agent, his job was to interrogate and break, um, enemy you know, terrorists or enemy spies or agents. And basically psychologically torture them. And I... Just in viewing... Reviewing the film... I was so struck by just how psychotic and demented Robert De Niro's character is in this. And maybe that's why people like the movie is because it's so shocking. How psychotic and demented Robert De Niro's character is. But I think... I mean, viewing the film from a more voluntarist lens, of course, you know that war is mass murder. And this, you know, just because someone is a member of the government group or a group of people who call themselves the state doesn't bestow on them any moral authority to initiate violence against peaceful people. And that again, would make war mass murder. It wouldn't justify people, soldiers, killing each other in war. And it likewise wouldn't justify any actions of the CIA or any spy agency that would do cloak and dagger or clandestine operations against people in other countries. And as a voluntarist too, you would know if you did any research on the CIA, that the CIA is one of the most evil institutions in the history of the entire world. I mean, they're behind torture. They have mind control experiments where they have drugged people without their will, um, against their will or without any knowledge on their behalf, have driven people to insanity just for experiments sake and have caused them to commit suicide. And I mean, the list just kind of goes on and on and on. I mean, aside from organizing the sale of drugs and orchestrating that in countries like Viet- well, all over the world in South America and using the profits from that to fund clandestine rebel groups in opposing countries and orchestrating coups that overthrow relatively stable governments and Send entire countries into disorder and pandemonium, which ends up killing thousands upon hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of civilians in the process and we know about the um black c i a black with uh torture Gina Haspel, who um you know is high up in the trump administration now and well, she's head of the CIA now, I think Gina Haspel, and she's famous for, you know, the black ops torturing of, um, I think it was in, it was in Iraq, black ops torturing of Iraqis, most of them innocent, and Abu Ghraib, the horrors of Abu Ghraib prison, where there's. I believe there's pictures of Gina Haspel herself out there torturing detainees and putting them in horrible conditions and smiling and making a thumbs up for the camera. And I'm thinking of a couple pictures in particular that I've seen, but I can't confirm that those are pictures of Gina Haspel herself. But she, I wrote an article about this on libertyweekly.net. So I won't put it in the show notes, but if you go to libertyweekly.net and search Gina Haspel, you will see the article I wrote against her when she was being nominated to be the head of the CIA. So if you go and search that. But so just talk, I mean, the average normie person watching Meet the Parents, and I think this is the first time since I've become an ANCAP or a voluntarist that I have seen meet the parents. But your average normie person probably doesn't think twice about the fact that we are sitting here laughing about Robert De Niro being this stereotypical overbearing father-in-law when you first meet him. But laughing at the misfortune and just accepting at the fact that CIA agents are like this, um, there's something very disturbing about it. I don't know exactly. Maybe I'm being sensitive, but you know how it is when, if you are a voluntarist or an ANCAP and how certain things are, you see things from a totally different perspective with this lens. And in a lot of ways, yeah, it ruins things. And in a lot of ways, sometimes you just have to, you know, forget about it and just suspend your disbelief or suspend your disgust at certain topics or certain perspectives. But damn it, like in the first movie, Robert, I mean, it's a whole big joke, but Robert De Niro's character is constantly, I mean, he's a psycho. He's constantly berating and belittling Gaylord, (laughs) Greg Fokker, but Ben Stiller's character. I mean, from one thing to the next, but he puts him in this um, polygraph test room and basically psychologically bullies him into becoming very timid, non-assertive, and in doing so, he becomes evasive but most of the most memorable scenes from this film are when Robert De Niro has psychologically browbeat Greg into taking this polygraph test. And um, it's not so much, I don't think that Robert De Niro's character really violates the NAP so much in the first movie But it's definitely in *Meet the Fockers* is where he really takes things beyond the NAP because in the second movie, he ends up drugging Greg and shooting him up full of truth serum, without his will by sticking a freaking needle in his neck at a party. And can you, honey? Can you think offhand of any like NAP violations that happened in the first film? I'm kind of drawing a blank. I don't think he ever physically does anything to him. I mean, aside from, like, intimidates him into taking that polygraph test. And, I mean, there's just several times in the first movie where I personally would have been like, okay, fuck this, I'm out of here, (laughs) because there are all these... And, I mean, the, the whole... I don't setting because you can see that it takes place in the new in New England somewhere, but just the entire elitist yuppie mindset like describe because you it seemed like you really had your pulse on what you think these people are like, you know, these people who like, you know, Robert De Niro's character, at one point you were like, oh, they're just complete yuppie snobs. Like, they're elitist. You basically said what I said, yeah. Uh, You basically said what I said. Well, I mean, and they just... They're just so up their own ass about everything and constantly belittling Greg. Um, But, yeah, it's more in the second movie where we get the NAP violation, the biggest thing of the sticking true syrup and serum, truth syrup, truth syrup in his neck. Um, but all these things about the, um, the whole big joke that Robert De Niro's character is the psychological torture. And I don't know, seen in that light, his character becomes much more sinister rather than dysfunctional. And there's this kind of running joke about how, oh, you know, Robert De Niro's character is, he's retired from the CIA. He's not in the CIA anymore, but he has trouble giving up those habits. But, I mean, we all know that once you're in the CIA, you're always in the fucking CIA. And having some kind of an objective perspective on just exactly what he's doing in the cia and it's interesting too because uh, i didn't catch this when i upon first watching but greg's father who's played by dustin hoffman right in the second movie without knowing that robert de niro is an ex-cIA officer is was talking shit on the CIA and calling them, like, the Central Lack of Intelligence Agency. But, I don't know, did he really seem to be dropping, like, truth bombs about some of the great evil that they do? I mean, he was talking about how he was a Vietnam War protester, and in the 60s they were, like, free love hippies and everything, right? Well, he, and then he called it the CIA. C L A. The C L I A, the Central Lack of Intelligence Agency. Yeah. But I mean it would it's just interesting that, you know, he wouldn't jump right to the pure evil that the organization is. But it it just seems well, kind of like a contrived off the cuff At the end when little Jack and Jack are watching the surveillance, he says Dustin Hoffman sneaks into the room where little Jack is, and he tells him to question everything that his grandpa says and to question authority. And there's another part in there where he says something about... Um, Being a good protester, right? Uh, uh, questioning the government or something like that. Well, which is so ironic because you gotta know that Dustin Hoffman's character, and I mean, Becca Streisand, or what's her name? Barbara. Barbara. I'm thinking of Mecca Streisand because of the episode of South Park with her in it. But you gotta think that, like, their characters are ultra liberal and whatever, and would love Obama and Bill Clinton and all that shit. And. Where was I going with that? Basically, they would love Obama and Bill Clinton, yet they ostensibly are anti-war and anti-CIA, but yet there's the cognitive dissonance with supporting, you know, being a liberal and supporting Bill Clinton and Obama, who are warmongers, basically. So, I mean, Bill Clinton starved out the people of Iraq and then betrayed them. So betrayed the Kurds. So they get massacred by Saddam Hussein and Barack Obama had all of his extrajudicial killings and was a hawk in Afghanistan, surging troops there. and Yeah. So anyways, just a few observations about meet the parents and, Robert De Niro's freaking psychotic, pure evil character who I guess most of America thought that it was hilarious, this idea of a bloodthirsty and horrible war criminal CIA officer just going after... I mean, it is funny. I love the movie itself, It's, but it was more cringe than The Office. I mean, way more cringe than even the British office. But, yeah. So, you know how to support the show. Thanks for tuning in again. LibertyWeekly.net forward slash Patreon. Forward slash email for the email list. Forward slash Amazon for Amazon shopping. At no cost to you. Throw Throw some bones and libertyweekly.net forward slash discord for the burgeoning discord channel where we all like to hang out and chat about the show. So shout out to you guys. Uh, Hope you enjoyed this episode. Peace.